Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrier. And we are not experts. We're not. We're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we do that, we have an announcement. And we are not going to tease it out any further here with some sort of buildup. We are just going to cut to the chase. Cut to the chase, Kate. Get get right to that chase. Or do you want me to cut to it? Well. <laughs> You cut to it. Okay. You cut the chase. All right. Here is what is happening. Well, okay. I'm going to cut to the chase, but first I'm going to say... <laughs> we keep not cutting to the chase. I Well, I just feel like it's important to say that like you and I love working together. We, we love making this show. We love our listeners. We want to keep do. doing that. This is not a Forever 35 is ending announcement. Yeah. In fact, Dory... Dory will never get rid of me is, is basically what's about to happen. I've been blackmailed <laughs> into... <laughs> That's what's happening Continuing here. Continuing <laughs> working with me. This is Dory trying to get out of this agreement. Kate has something on me that I can't reveal, but... Dory secretly free mugs all <laughs> over Los Angeles. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, okay, here's the deal. Forever 35 is going to continue as a weekly free ad-supported podcast, but we are going to stop doing three episodes a week. So the one episode a week that we're going to be producing is basically going to be what you're already used to hearing, but a, a mix of guests and mini ep-like content. There's going to be more episodes that are just Kate and I and... Yeah, so those are going to be coming out on Mondays starting July 3rd. Okay. But also, but also, we are creating a space on Patreon. And that is so that we can try out new formats. It's so we can connect more closely with listeners. And it's so we can experiment a bit more than we can now. Um, and I think, you know, I think one thing that Kate and I have always felt very strongly about is being transparent with each other, with our listeners. And so we really just want to like 
be transparent about this announcement because I know it it does sound like, you know, it is a change. It is a change. It's a change. And change is scary. Change is also necessary. I think you and I creatively, professionally are excited about the idea of changing changing it up a little bit. Yeah. Slash, if you can't hear the shakiness in my voice, nervous. <laughs> but like in a good way, right? Yeah. Well, really, I think, you know, you and I, the, for ever since we started Forever 35 many years ago, we've always kind of revisited the idea of a subscription-based model, how we fund the podcast, working with advertisers. It's an ongoing dialogue because not only has the podcast changed, but the landscape of podcasting has changed and it continues to change. And like you're probably feeling like a lot of your favorite creators are making similar announcements. Yeah. Or have already done so, or let's be real, are probably going to going to. Um and like I think we feel that way too. I know Dory and I are both like subscribers to a billion newsletters, you and I are Patreon member. Like we are seeing a shift to subscription services, especially in the podcast landscape, right? Yeah. It's just kind of the reality of the space right yes. now. And and I also want to be upfront and say I know that not everyone listening is going to want to subscribe or have the bandwidth or the money to subscribe. And that is totally fine. Yes. We we totally hear you if that is your um response but but here's the deal like yes we we want to work together on new projects we do on different podcasts on different subject matter and the fact of the matter is launching a new podcast with traditional advertising in the way that we have done with forever 35 is just it's just not feasible in today's landscape um that's just the reality. So in order for us to do this, we really, you know, we thought very long and hard about this and had a million conversations about it and changed our minds a thousand times. But we do now conclusively feel that a Patreon is the best way to go. So with all that said, here is how it's going to work. If you're not familiar with Patreon, which I should also say, I feel like we're assuming everyone is familiar with Patreon. Yeah. Patreon is a platform where creators can charge money for subscriptions and offer their fans usually like bonus content, opportunities to interact, um, and a whole lot more, which we will talk about now. We will lay it out. We're going to lay it out. So for $5 a month, here's what you get. You get access to our product recall episodes, which we kind of piloted um, on the main Mm -hmm. feed um, in the last few months. We are going to be launching a new podcast called Season 1, which is a TV rewatch podcast that, as you may have guessed from the name of the show, is about the first seasons of shows and Patreon-only Q&A episodes. And here's what's another very cool thing. So patrons are going to be able to vote on which TV show we should rewatch for the first one and then for all of them. Um, We want to hear your thoughts. Yes. And you can vote on episodes of Product Recall. So, you know, if you are a fan of Lip Smackers and you're like, why haven't they done a Lip Smackers episode yet? You can get your fellow patrons to vote for a Lip Smackers episode. (laughs) Yes. We want to talk about Bonnie Bell. We do. But only if you want to hear about it. Um, And, okay, so... 
another thing that we are going to be offering. And I feel like I might be most excited about this. I don't I know about you, you are. I think you are. I'm, I'm nervously excited. <laughs> we're launching... Well, we've launched a Forever 35 Discord where we're going to be chatting about everything from Prodrex to memes to like basically whatever else you want to talk about. And Kate and I have been doing a little chatting in the Discord already. <laughs> so you yeah, can... Yeah, we need you to get in there because can... we're just talking to each yeah. other. <laughs> There's also going to be Patreon-only merch discounts and VIP access to digital live shows. So all of that is for $5 a month. For $10 a month, we will also give you a monthly shout-out on a podcast episode by name because we are so grateful for your support. And if you're just like, I want to give them all my money. Yeah, because why not in this economy? (laughs) For forever $35 a month. We will also send you a personalized video thank you from both of us. And that, trust me, will be special. Oh, it will be extremely special. Now, on to the tiers. Because what is a tier without making it some sort of inside joke related to this (laughs) podcast? Dory, you might recall a bit that turned into a ongoing theme here in Forever 35 called Dory's Hotel. Oh, yeah. Does that sound familiar to you? Oh, it sure does. Well, we have, of course, taken that and run with it. So if you are joining us at the $5 a month tier, that is called Dory's Hotel Lounge. If you're coming in hot at the $10 a month tier, you are slinking into Dory's Hotel Spa in your terry cloth robe and slippers, Mm, meeting us in the steam room. And for those... Joining us at the forever $35 a month level, we are snuggling down in Dory's Hotel Suite. I am eating dark chocolate covered Trader Joe's almonds Ooh, in bed yum. and talking to you yes. about I'm the latest some, issue of I'm People Magazine. Tea. You're drinking tea. That's, a, that's very sensible. In a travel mug? Yes, Kate. Or a- are you free mugging in the suite, Dory? Fuck no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, there is, there is also a free tier. Um, there is, which is basically just like you're signing up because you're Patreon curious, but you don't actually get any of the bonus content or like the Discord access at the free tier, but you're just kind of like signing up for our updates. You'll get an update like when we release new episodes and, you know, when voting opens for various, uh, shows but you won't be able to actually participate but if you want to kind of just be like kept in the loop you can sign up for our free tier um so you can you can sign up for everything at patreon.com slash forever 35 again that's patreon.com slash forever 35 the first patreon podcast episode is going to be dropping on july 7th so what we have done because of course today is june 21st we're offering a larger discount than usual on annual membership. So if you sign up between now and I guess July 6th, you'll get two months free. Um, After that, it will be one month free for signing up for an annual membership. So if you want to get that extra month free, you can sign up for the annual membership between now and July 6th. The Discord is open for business. So you can chat away with other Forever 35 patrons and us. The voting for the first season of season one. Oh my God. Is open. I'm so excited. 
So we you have can vote for on years, that. Dory. We have for years joked about doing an OC podcast. We have, and that is one like, of the options that you can vote yeah. for. And the the time is now. The moment has arrived. The moment has if arrived. You decide it so. And you know, you can just kind of like delight in the knowledge that you are supporting what we hope is one of your favorite podcasts become sustainable for the long term. We would really appreciate your support. And as we already mentioned, there will still be one episode per week of classic ye old Forever 35. It'll be free on your regular podcast feed. That is not changing. We'll still be interviewing guests. We'll still be answering listener questions. We'll still be chatting. And yeah, like I said, you know, we've like we've really thought about this decision. It's been months in the making, actually years. We first started talking yeah. to Patreon like three years ago. Longer. Oh my God. Like yeah. four years ago. It's it's been an ongoing it's been an <laughs> conversation. And, yes, and, and, and just us us examining and re-examining uh the podcast and how yeah. and the content that we make and how we want to work with each other and create things with each other is an ongoing conversation behind the scenes that uh, never makes it to the podcast air. But please know it's it's happening with a lot of thought um, and care. Yeah. So and gratitude for all of yes. you. Like without measure, like I, there is no way to measure truly how grateful we are for the way you have supported and helped sustain this podcast for five and a half years. Yeah. But this is really what we think is going to be best for the sustainability of the show, of our partnership, mm-hmm. our friendship. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we will be friends no matter what happens with the pod. That's that's true because you are blackmailing me. Um, yeah, I've seen what you do with those mugs. <laughs> And also just like our creative, mental, and financial health. So please consider supporting us and signing up at patreon.com slash forever35. As you are listening to this, we're probably chatting in the Discord. So sign up, head over there. There will be very detailed instructions about how to join the Discord. If you're not familiar with Discord, it's basically like Slack but with a little bit more functionality and cool stuff. And yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, I'm a total Discord newbie, basically, and I'm doing okay. So, you know, you'll be you'll be, you'll fine. be the water's fine. warm. You'll Come on be in. Fine. <sighs> oh, wow. That was fun. That was fun. Kate, should we introduce our guest? Yeah, we 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 literally just did this interview we today, did. like an hour ago. It's true. And it was such an incredible conversation. I'm like still tingling from the high of it all. Um, I'm so excited for you all to meet our guest today. So Dory and I had the absolute pleasure and pleasure Dory. Okay. Full disclosure, everybody. I've had two hours of sleep today and that I've been really trying to hold it together, but that was me combining pleasure and privilege. That's what that was. I'm going to leave that in. Okay. We had the, the pleasure and privilege, the pleasure of talking to Liz Glazer. Liz is an award-winning stand-up comedian, actor, and writer. She won first place in the Boston Comedy Festival and the Ladies of Laughter competition. She has been featured in the Wall Street Journal. She has opened for Mike Kaplan and my one of my favorite stand-ups, Maria Bamford. She's also appeared on ABC's For Life and CBS's Bull. She's also a former lawyer and law professor. Okay. Yeah. All right. She 
She does private events for law schools, law firms, synagogues, and major corporations. And she has an incredible new stand-up special. It's called A Very Particular Experience. Basically, as she said to us, wherever you can listen to music, you can listen to her special. It's moving. It is funny. It is sad. It's wonderful. And just a content warning for our conversation to come. We do discuss some pretty heavy topics um, like the loss of a child, stillbirth, grief. Um, So I just want to make sure we give you a very clear heads up on that because Liz is extremely forthcoming um, and honest about her experience uh, and her wife's experience losing their daughter. Yes. Um, And before we take a break, just a reminder that you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mentioned on the show. We are on Instagram at forever35podcast. Again, our Patreon is at patreon.com slash forever35. I also forgot to mention, Kate, that there is a seven-day free trial. Ooh, fun. For the Patreon. So if you are like, I don't know about this Discord thing. I don't know about this whole thing. Like, sign up for the seven-day free trial. See how you like it. Check it out. So you can do that. It's very easy. Patreon.com slash Forever35. We have our favorite products at shopmy.us slash Forever35. We have a newsletter at Forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. You can call or text us at 781-591-0390 and email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com, and we will be right back. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep, and that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S., and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes! Get into it with Masterclass, because this is the year you can really learn from the best to Become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, 
our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more, like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
and they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5.00. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to forever35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Liz, welcome to Forever 35. We're really excited to have you. Also was very excited because Dory then texted me and was like, Liz's wife listens to the podcast. And I was like, not just listens, like this is her podcast. Like she's a rabbi, which means her religion is Jewish, but I think her religion (laughs) is more of this This is what we like to hear. That's what I'm saying. If this podcast needs a rabbi, well, it was so, it was so funny because she's emailed the podcast a bunch. She's emailed my other podcast and, but I didn't know who she was married to. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And then when you're, when your friend emailed us about you, I think she said something like, and her wife, Karen. And I was suddenly like, Wait mm-hmm. You were like this power couple. <laughs> like the 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 pings started yeah, going in my totally. brain, and then I was like, Kate, <laughs> her wife listened. So excited. <laughs> so that was yeah. cool. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So like, what it's we're saying cool. is, this is like Olive Garden. Like when you're here and you're married to a listener, your family, 
We're so happy to have you. Um, before we get into so much good stuff, Liz, we kick off every episode asking sure. guests about a self-care practice in their life. And so it's time to put you on the spot. What is your, what is your okay. definition of self-care Great. in your life? What does it look like? Okay. So I feel like for self-care, routines mm. are often, you know, the thing. And I got to say, like, I'm not great. Like, so we just had a baby, which yes. I imagine we'll talk about. Um, and we do, you know, so much lotion, like after, so she, she takes a bath and then we've been counseled to put lotion on her after the bath. And also after every diaper, you got to put the diaper lotion. And I'm like, I am, I never put any lotion on. And I know it's bad, but like, anyway, so I'm just saying having a baby is, is it, like a mirror to me about the lack of lotion that I have mm. in my self-care routine and in my life. But that's what I think of when I think of self-care. It's not what I do, however. Like things that I do. Okay, here's, here's what I have. Ooh. So I journal every day, okay? And I was not a natural adopter to the practice, okay? Because like I was the person growing up that I would buy a paper journal, write like one line, you know, mm -hmm. trying to be the next Dan Frank, but just writing like one line, closing it, never writing in it again. And then the next year I'd buy another journal because I love like paper products. But a website that I found, 750words.com, I'm not sponsored by them, whatever, okay? It's this guy and his wife, and I think they used to work at Twitter, and they made this website. I have been using this website, 750words.com, for oh my gosh. over 10 years. Wow. Okay? Yeah. And I mean, not to say I've never sure. missed a day. I've missed days. But it's like, I think what they do really well is they, you know, gamify mm. the practice of journaling. Because first of all, they tell you once you've hit 750. And the reason for 750, it's on their homepage. But it's like taken from the artist's way that 250 words is a page times three is Julia Cameron. Obviously not the letter of Julia Cameron's law, because then you're, you know, with a quill and, and only like <laughs> parchment paper or whatever it is. But, um, but, you know, it's good enough. And for me, it really like got me over that hump with journaling, which had been the hump of my entire life because I always wanted to do it and I never felt motivated. But so they count your words. And once you've hit 750, you can go on more, but assuming you've hit 750, you can say, okay, I'm done. And the next page gives you feedback in the form of bar graphs and charts and like pretty colors and all of your most Whoa. used words. It's like the, you know, the magnets, magnetic poetry, right? And it's like so fun. And so I have a thing with a couple of friends where we'll send our most used words to each other in an email. And I have one friend who does this to me every single day. He sends his words and I write back a poem with the words sometimes. And so anyway, it's a great website. I've been using it for a long time. And I said over 10 years, it's actually just Oh no, it is. It is because it's it's June. I don't know what time is right now, but um, yeah, because I started May twenty first, twenty thirteen. I want to ask, like, do do you feel like as as a person who's journaled for a long time, is is there a takeaway 
from the experience for you? Yeah. I mean, I owe my sobriety to journaling. And I'm not here saying it's the right thing for everybody to be sober. I'm not that kind of sober. Okay. Because I think like, I like drugs. And that's, you know, but what I didn't like was the way that I was as a writer in my Mm. own journal on drugs. And I noticed that when I read it back. And also, I specifically didn't like that I would take drugs and then the next morning would write about my regrets about having taken the drugs. And I then thought, I was like, at the very least, if I quit drugs, I'll have different things to write about than this because I keep writing this. So I guess, yeah, that as a takeaway and maybe even a broadening of that takeaway is if I'm noticing that I keep writing about something over and over again, I'm kind of like, maybe this is giving me Ajita and I should let it go. Wow. That's really powerful. It has been for me. Um, And I'm very like, I don't try to be interesting or funny. It sometimes happens where I'm like, oh, I think that was a joke. And then I'll you know, text myself or whatever, because I'm a comedian, and I'm supposed to be keeping track of that stuff. But I really don't like I, it's really just like, because I believe in the overall good of it for the self care routine. Wow. That is, I mean, that is very powerful. Um, <laughs> and here I am with my little like one line a yep. day journal. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I I think I wrote 20 words. That's great. But it's, a, but it's the practice, right? It's it's that kind of showing up that's so I mean, yeah. cons- consistency is like I mean, look, I don't like want to get like sucked into the world of like productivity, but there is something to be said for like the consistent practice of something. Right. That can be really transformative yeah. in big and small ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I know what you mean about like not wanting to get sucked into it for the kind of irony reasons of it. Right. But then, yeah, there is something because like, I really don't care mm. what's in those words mm-hmm. at this point. I did when mm-hmm. I first started, I thought a lot about it. Now, I really don't care. It's like, mm-hmm. I just have to do them or else I don't know. It's like, I don't like to make the analogy to brushing teeth because that's not the easiest thing. Like whenever someone's like, oh, it's like brushing your teeth. I'm like, I can stop you right there. Because if it's like brushing my teeth, like I I should need a license (laughs) to do that. Or you know Mm. what I mean? It just, it doesn't come naturally, but it's like, I don't know. Um, yeah, like just eating something basic, right? Really basic bio kind of thing. Um, where I don't, I don't think about how it was. I just think that it mm. was. Well, can we talk about going from law and academia to being a stand-up? Um, mm-hmm. Because, well, you know, yeah, I think that there are some similarities between being a stand-up and being able to deliver like a compelling lecture as a professor. Um, and so I'm wondering like when, yes, 
Okay, fair. Um, I didn't do that. Could you could you I'm tell our kidding. listeners kind of about what that journey was like <laughs> and when things sort of like pinged for you that this was actually what you yeah. wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, the journey and the pinging were pretty immediate, wow. which is to say that I never thought that I was going to do it. So I took an improv class um, on a whim because I was like, like my life as a tenure track, not yet tenured, but tenure track law professor was very goal oriented, achievement minded. You know, it's like everything is for the service of getting tenure. And I think that like, you know, it's the same, like if you're making partner or if you have some sort of track where you're at a job and you're like, I can see an upward mobility ladder or something like that. And so everything was about that. I was like, I'm just going to take an improv class. I'm going to, you know, have fun. Remember what that's like, whatever. And then, of course, like the the teacher of the improv class was super inspiring, amazing, fearless. Like, I just thought she was absolutely beyond. And my world was broken open in this way that I completely never thought about. Because, like, I was, like, funny mm-hmm. for a law professor, you know, which is to say, like, not... Mm-hmm the bar is extremely low, no offense to law professors. But like, anyway, so it wasn't in my consciousness. And then she this teacher of this improv class was the one who was like, Hey, do you want to do stand up for the first time? Or do you have you ever thought of doing stand up? And I said, No. And then she's like, Okay, well, I'm just saying I would put you on my show. And I was like, still no. And then she's like, let me just tell you, a lot of people would want what I am offering to you, which now I know, then I didn't. But what I knew then was that if someone's saying a lot of people want this, thing, <laughs> I'm like, well, I want that, you know, which isn't, it's not a great quality. But like, I think that that was part of the motivation. And then I did it for the first time. And I absolutely loved it. And the truth is, I mean, I had written stuff to say, which thank God I didn't say, because it would not have been funny at all. It was like this I just you remember when Linda Evangelista, the supermodel, said the thing about I don't get out of bed oh, yes. for less than ten thousand dollars a day, and she got a lot of crap for saying that. And I was like, well, what if she was just saying that she was tired or depressed? And like, I thought that that was the spark to an amazing ten minutes. And thank God I did not go anywhere near that material. <laughs> and instead, I opened a package that I didn't know what was in it, but it came to my door. And I didn't, I don't like generally order a lot of stuff from, you know, the internet to come to my house, because I'm like afraid of the mail, and anybody knocking at my door, etc. My wife is very different from that. And thankfully, (laughs) we can live a normal life because of that. But um, so I get this package, I had no idea what was in it. And I was on my way to the show, literally. And somebody told me that because I was like, freaking out about the show. And this friend of mine who had a lot of performance experience was like, you should be vulnerable. And I was like, great, got it. I hung up the phone. and I'm like, how do you be vulnerable? I have no idea how to do it. Like, they don't teach you how to do that in law school, for sure, you know? And then I was freaking out about that. So I'm like, well, now I don't know how to do what Abby said. And then I see this package on my way out the door, literally. And I was like, oh, I was going to open it. Then I'm like, a way to be vulnerable is just to not know the answer to something. And I don't know what what is in this package. So I opened the package on stage and it turned out that what was in it, so my mother had visited my apartment two weeks prior and my cat, Mona, white fluffy cat, would sit on top of the closet where my suits were that I wore to school 
and get her white fluffy fur all over my suits. And my mother was like, Elizabeth, you look like a cat. You can't wear that. Oh my God. Okay. And she's like, you have to get vinyl suit covers. (laughs) And I was like, okay, mommy, I'll get it. And she knew I wouldn't get it. So she sent me three packs of six. So 18 vinyl suit covers in the mail you know, and it didn't, I didn't know I was getting them because this was what she was doing to get me to put them on my suits. So I wouldn't look like a cat. And so anyway, so I opened the package on stage. And in that moment, what clicked was that I was myself in the sense that then I suddenly had effectively a set list because I had to tell these people, you know, in the theater, my relationship with my mother, the fact that I have a cat, I teach law school and I wear suits and all of this, here's a little bit about me, basically part of my stand-up set that I was too nervous to like just write down and instead was talking about a supermodel. Um, not, I mean, no shade to Linda Evangelista. I really don't mean it that way. You should still use like, that joke. Anyway. Like you should still work so- out that Linda Evangelista <laughs> joke. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a killer for sure. So anyway, um, so that's what I did. And the the spark, like the ping of like, this is what I got to do. I mean, I told my therapist, like, the you know, the next session, I was like, I felt like yeah, I was having a professional yeah. orgasm. Okay. And that was the thing I said. And since then, I've written a joke. And I was like, if you don't know what a professional orgasm is, it's basically a regular <laughs> orgasm, but I knew it was happening for sure. And so <sighs> based on that, I was like, wow, I got to go. And I didn't go right away, but it was, it was pretty, pretty soon after that, that I was like, Oh, I'm going to figure this out like full time. I I love this story so much. And I, it's, it's also fascinating to me because, you know, I listened to your stand up special and you made some like, um, comment about AP classes and I, and it just like, and just knowing your story now, like it, it seems like you come from a very high achieving family and, I'm, I'm, yeah. And just listening to this, like, is that kind of the pressure, the expectation? Uh, is that something that you've like re revisited mm-hmm. or kind of evaluated or examined as an adult? Is that just, is that part of you? I also, yeah. I might have this completely wrong. I could be projecting Liz. Yeah. But that oh, was my, th- that was my, Feel like, free. that's what I was, well, the vibe I was picking up. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. Um, and I, I do. I I really love that joke on my album because it's like such like a moment of truth of you know if this soup kitchen doesn't yes. give AP credit we're not <laughs> serving and that's how I was raised and yeah you're you're a hundred percent right and I think like my parents so my parents are descended from Holocaust survivors both sides four out of four perfect score okay and so because of that they in the best way, we're like, we need to make sure you have a profession because we don't want you, God forbid, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess there's like kind of, there could be different ways. Like somebody could emerge from the Holocaust and be like, do whatever the hell you want because you never know, you know, when something could be taken away. But my parents were like, nope, be a lawyer. So that's the other way, I guess. And I I get it. And I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am without the background that I have. But yes, I revisit it constantly. Um, First of all, I do a lot of stand up at law firms and law schools. And so I talk a lot in those contexts about like, everything that I was ashamed of when I was in that world. Because I, you know, it's like with imposter syndrome, right? 
Like the thing, er, everybody's told about imposter syndrome that they're like, okay, well, everybody has it. And so the kind of upshot of even knowing the syndrome is knowing that you don't, you're not actually an imposter. But when I look back at my law career, I'm like, yeah, I was an imposter. Like, that's the only thing I really was, which isn't to say that I was awful at it. So I wasn't, but it's like what I became an expert at was swindling admissions officers <laughs> and like wooing teachers into giving me a good grade when I hadn't read the book, you know? Like literally and metaphorically. And so in a sense, I was verified as a fraud. And now I don't feel that way. And I feel like I do contend with this kind of mindset on a very daily basis because in comedy, there's a lot of like achievement oriented thinking, right? Because it's like, oh, did you, you know, did you get on late night? Did you get past at this club or that club and whatever? And it's, it's, I think for me as a person who was raised as I was, right, socialized to achieve and to really care a lot about that, it's taken a lot for me to let go of some of the kind of achievement-oriented ways of identifying. Um, So I don't know. I mean, the journaling helps because the journaling is a way of like, yeah, I'm not, these journal pages are going to be crap. Like they're not going to be perfect. Nothing about this is perfect. And also, I think the way that I've leaned into doing stand-up, which is like, I like to do a lot of crowd work. I like to do a lot in the moment. Um, and that's like, I don't know, because I, I have a couple friends in stand-up who also came from other backgrounds where they went to whatever school and they had some fancy job. And they're like, yeah, but what's different is like, I'm very mm. written, <laughs> you know, they say. And like, I do write a lot. But also, I don't know that that's like exactly my stage presence. I feel like I'm a little more chaotic on stage. And sometimes like you might, one might think based on my background that I'd be like very buttoned up. Um, So I don't know. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, 
your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Okay, so let's talk about your album. Yes. Which Kate and I both really enjoyed. I mean, Kate, I feel like I always speak for you when I'm always like, we both loved this. No, I loved it. We both, we were texting about it. It starts with, I hope you like stillbirth. And I let out a loud cackle because I, (laughs) I too love grief and the combination of of raw grief and comedy. So you just, you nailed it. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. So Dory, speak for me is what I'm saying. Oh, well, you know, let's, let's talk about how that album came about and how you kind of processed your grief through that album. And if, if you feel okay talking about um, the story of losing your daughter, Leo. um, Yeah. Um, Yes. I'm totally comfortable talking about it. So it was, I mean, one of the reasons that I really wanted to do an album about it was because I was worried I would never laugh again. And that, you know, and and I don't even mean it as a comedian. Like the fact that I'm a comedian is almost just like a coincidence in this story because as a person, I always looked to and used humor as a way of processing feelings and life and hard feelings in life, perhaps most um, urgently with humor. Um, And so, so I I guess like I knew that, um, that I was nervous about that. And then I started writing stuff that happened in my journal and otherwise And I started to think like, you know, there might be really a need, not only for me, but also for me, but a need in general to do comedy around this topic. And um, I mean, an interesting thing I think is like people seem to have this idea of like, well, there are certain things you shouldn't joke about, right? Mm. And there are certain things never... And I think that that's, to me, I find that as, as even a principle to be so harmful because first of all, like, is there a way of being really mean and insensitive and talking about something that is sensitive? Of course, I still think that, that that should be an available option, right? But I'm not talking about that. Like, first of all, I trusted myself as a teller. And as a person who lived through this experience 
to say something meaningful and humorous and to have that Venn diagram intersect in a way that would be worthwhile given the gravity of the subject matter, which is pregnancy loss and stillbirth and grief, and also the gravity of memorializing my unborn child with whatever I was going to make. So the stakes were pretty high for me um, going into this. Mm. And then as I started, uh, like, I just think like, because people, I have gotten comments of like, you really shouldn't do this. Like, listen, wow. I had a stillbirth 10 years ago and I never talked about it and I'm fine. And I'm like, well, are you? I mean, you know, so I did get those messages, but I, I just started thinking about that. And I'm like, the idea that there are these off-limit topics is so harmful because you're basically telling people in pain, you know what's not an option? Healing, okay? That's what we're going to take mm. off the table. And I think, I mean, and of course, then the, the follow-up question is like, yeah, but it's healing for you, but is it you know, good for the audience? And I think that that depends. I mean, I worked on this stuff for a while, right? I took it out. It was difficult. First of all, one of the things, so I talk about, Leo, our stillborn daughter of blessed memory, and also the loss of my cat, Mona, mm. who was the cat from the story mm. from my first stand-up set, S- and also of my dad. Yeah, very sweet cat. She really was. And my dad, um, who was also a sweet cat, <laughs> and died at 73. Um, he died during the pandemic, but mm. not of COVID, which is the no homo of dying during the pandemic. That is a joke. Um, but it was sad when he died, obviously. But it was like interesting to me because I missed him. Like I missed things about him. And I was like, the thing about stillbirth that first of all, nobody talks about it really. And second of all, part of the reason I think it's confusing to talk about is because you're not, you don't know what to miss. You miss everything. It's a death of hope. It's everything. And so I really wanted to like say something about that and say something about love and loss. And I felt that I had something to contribute. Um, But there's nothing like because because in testing some of this material it was it was hard you know because not every audience at a comedy club is like oh yeah I came here to hear dead baby jokes right but um but there's nothing like when I when my dad died I was also nervous about taking that material out because it had to do with death and there's nothing like the stillbirth of your daughter to make your dead dad joke suddenly your lighter material. <laughs> And so it was, was, you know, so that's how I really metabolized a lot of the experiences for the album. Um, And I'm very, very happy with like how it all came together. Um, I think it's funny. And I also think like, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Um, So I, I really like that point you make about grief, because I am someone who's always thought about grief, like, you know, losing a parent from yes. that perspective, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, well, likewise. Yeah. Um, but you. I think, and I've not experienced the loss of a child. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it just, it really, it was like one of those aha moments for me where I was like, I think I know everything about grief. And then I was listening to you and I was like, mm. Oh, surprise. I don't. Um, how, right. how have you in other ways outside of, from like a, a performing space, uh, processed, I don't know, process is such a shitty word. Uh, what does grief look like to you? Yeah, I guess is a better question. I mean, no, it's it's a really good question. I mean, I think grief grief looks like life. I think you know, like I think that one of the things that I 
came to understand about pregnancy loss is that the reason people delay saying when they're pregnant is to spare people the knowledge of potential loss. And so I think within mm. that, there's this idea that knowledge of loss is like a, a moral bad to be avoided in the world. And I think that that's very confusing. I get it. Because like I had a, as a kid had the kind of OCD that if, if I even like this conversation, I would have had to wash my hands mm. a million times. Like I wouldn't have been able to attend my own album recording without like a, a you know, a Hamotzi washer in the background because I, I would have had to wash my hands of death because I was so afraid of death. And I think that that's like rampant mm. um, as opposed to like finding a way to incorporate it. So, you know, we, Karen and I, my wife, we're lucky enough to, we have a just older than two week old baby, Eloise now. Oh my gosh, two weeks. And, oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. Isn't it wild? Oh. Um, yeah. She's amazing. Uh, it's, it's, it's an insane moment. So, but like the idea, like some people ask sometimes they're like, Oh, do you say that she's your first child? Mm. And we're, you know, I mean, Karen's a rabbi and she gave her Yom Kippur sermon about the loss of Leo. I did an album about the loss of Leo and that doesn't make it go away, the grief or the feelings or whatever. But I think we both made artistic choices and creative choices to do that because we were like, we don't want the story to be. And then we had another baby and now we're fine yeah. because people don't work that way. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not like when my dad died, someone was like, well, you can find another 73 year old man, you know? So I, I just think like we're all different and grief and grieving can be an opportunity to like, I don't know, intensify love. Um, it's super sad. And I think to your point, Kate, like, it's like, knowing about it is scary to experience loss. And it is also enriching to the experience of life. And so I still, I mean, any thought of death, not my own, but like anybody I know, I'm like, scared of that. Mm. And that's still true. And also, I do think that grief has made me a better person. What, what was the experience of Eloise's pregnancy and birth like for you? Really anxiety filled. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think both of us tried to lean in to the gratitude, mm -hmm. which, you know, gratitude is another one of the buzzwords that's kind of like eye rolly a little bit, but I do think that it displaces anxiety mm. when used correctly. Mm -hmm. And so there's the anxiety of death and also the gratitude for every single day. And I think like every day that Karen continued to be pregnant, yes, there was anxiety up until the birth. And then there was new anxiety. Um, but also I think, you know, I don't know if it's losses specifically or whatever, 
But the idea of leaning into like, I am very grateful for everything I have, for everyone I'm close to. Um, And I'm not, you know, it's interesting, I think, because it's like, I'm not grateful that we had a stillbirth. Because that seems still, it's a step that I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. But I'm grateful that we've lived all of the experiences that we've lived. Mm. And that has been one of them. And so with the pregnancy, yeah, every day I was like, continued to be grateful that that was true because that was a step that preceded having Eloise in our lives, you know, and, and it was a necessary step. So yeah. yeah. So that's something. Um, I mean, I can also say more of the story. I don't mean to skirt around anything if I haven't answered any questions, like about the story of the stillbirth. Whatever you feel comfortable talking yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, it's it was the kind of thing like we didn't know it was happening until it was happening. Mm. And and that I don't know that there's a better or worse way. Yeah. But like, you know, basically Karen had kind of a sudden onset of preeclampsia that was undiagnosed. Um until like after Leo's stillbirth. Mm -hmm. And so there was like one test that was still outstanding that we got the results back from on the day of Leo's stillbirth that would have confirmed a diagnosis of preeclampsia. I mean, I always find it's like, it's helpful to know those things. Like as an anxious person, I'm always like, I want to tell anybody whatever information. I think the main differences between the pregnancy that we had with Eloise and the pregnancy we had with Leo was that Karen was um, high risk. And so with Karen being high risk, I mean, we basically moved into the doctor's office. We were monitored constantly. We didn't have a Doppler at home. We were in a bereavement group and there were people in our bereavement group who then had pregnancies after their losses who did have a Doppler at home. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of personalities they have me and Karen, I don't think Karen would have ever not been connected to the Doppler um, if we had one at home. Right, right. And, you know, so different people do it different ways. But I do think that having, I mean, the privilege of the care that we got is huge. Um, And, you know, one of the main reasons that I wanted to do an album about stillbirth is like the extent to which there's massive... um, inequities in healthcare that result in stillbirth. Um, From my understanding, I didn't say this on the album, but it is my understanding that the reason or a reason that stillbirth is as rampant as it is in the the United States is that anti-abortion activists won't allow for like the kind of testing that would potentially lessen um, the the number of stillbirths per year. So yeah, I suppose that's sort of speculative, but like I've, I've like confirmed it with like some law professor friends that they're like, oh yeah, that's totally a thing. So anyway, I mean, it's a huge problem. It's super, super sad. Uh, and all of that is like understating it. So I'm just, you know, trying to give as much information as I can and also like not like overwhelm a conversation. Well, again, I mean, we're very sorry for your loss. Thank you, Dory. I really, I appreciate very much. Yeah. And I, I also think, and I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you've been told this, and I'm just at, repeating it. But the it is such a gift to share about loss because yeah, it, it, 
and you're, and I'm sure you've already heard this and I know there's been like, I'm so grateful there's been this kind of conversation about humor and grief mm-hmm. and the way it's kind of being talked about because these are experiences that people are living every day that the yeah. rest of us are just chugging along with life. And, and we've right. all been conditioned not to talk about it or talk yeah. about it in a way that really skirts over the, the authentic experience. And it, it's just, yeah. it's, I, I, it just is it's really meaningful. I, I don't know. I, I oh. sound very cheesy. I don't know how to say it in a non-cheesy no, way. No, you don't. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, so we've been watching, have you been watching Couples Therapy? You know, the show? Do you know Like it? on I VH1? Oh, <laughs> no. It's, um, it's. <laughs> I used to work for Not VH1. One. I think they had like a celebrity oh. couples therapy TV show. Not the one you're oh, talking really? about. So this is like, it's like, it's in its third season. We just discovered it. It's amazing. It's on Showtime. We get it on Hulu or Paramount Plus, whatever. Um, and it's this docu-series with this couples therapist who's amazing. Her name is Orna Garalnik. I don't know her personally, but um, she, like, there are times, so she basically just does couples therapy and you watch and it's super fascinating and we love it. And she has like, I've tried to boil down her philosophy to like a quote or a something. And there was something that she said, which is, and I'm paraphrasing that like people spend their whole lives trying to avoid certain truths because they think that those truths will kill them. Mm. And in fact, they'll make them and their relationships stronger. And I feel like I, um, when she said that outright, I was like, yes, this is why this show is amazing. This is why you're amazing. And this is like why I love comedy. I didn't get into comedy because I was like, oh, I want to get laughs. Mm. Like I like the laughs and everybody has a different origin story. But I think in that first set, what was so freeing was all I have to do is tell these people about these vinyl suit covers, right? That's really just being me. Yeah. And of course, in this instance, with like talking about grief and, and stillbirth, it was much more challenging because it's not as light inherently as my cat had her fur on my suit. <laughs> but it's really the same thing. Like, it's just like, here's what's actually happening. And I'm going to start there and we'll see what's funny about it. But I'm not going to pretend my life is different from what it is in order to get a laugh. I'm not going to pretend anything at all, right? And so anyway, um, so I think in terms of like with grief and loss and sadness, it's kind of like, yeah, it's all there. Oh, Liz, I have really loved so much getting to talk to you. This has really been... Same. Yeah. Same. um, Truly. Moving and and funny and just wonderful. Um, For our listeners who want yeah. more from you. Um, yes. Where can they find you? Where can they listen to your new special? I mean, I know where I listen to sure. it on Spotify, but I'm sure yeah. it's, it might be Great. elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the, so you can go to my website, dear Liz Glazer, like you're writing me a letter, D E A R L I Z G L A Z E R.com. Um, and then you can find, you know, my socials, which are basically at Liz Glazer on everything. Uh, and for the album, you can go to Spotify or iTunes, basically anywhere you can find a song, you can get the album. 
Great. Well, thank you again. Thank it was really you. great to get to talk to you. The same. So Dory, one of the most magical things about getting to talk to Liz was also getting talk getting to talk to Liz's wife, Karen. Oh my god. Who gosh. is a forever yes. 35 and an excellent adventure listener. Totally. Yes. So, so Karen, fun. hi. It was hi. so great to meet you over Zoom. Yeah. Well, over our podcasting app called Riverside, but it's basically Zoom. <laughs> it was such a treat. It was so much fun. I, I really absolutely loved getting to talk to Liz. So Especially, did I. like, I mean, every moment. You know what, too? This is one of the only times I've, um, I've almost cried or cried in a podcast interview. I don't know if you, you caught know, that, but I was like, I didn't want to say anything, really but it, it did look like you were going to start crying. Did it, yeah. Could you see that through video? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I was like really overcome with emotion. It, I, and that hasn't happened to me too much. Um, I don't think. But again, I've had two hours of sleep, so I might just not mm. be remembering. Well, Dory. Last week, my intention was to not push myself physically because I fell off of a horse and I pulled my groin. And part of the reason I honestly was up and not able to sleep was because my groin is still bothering me and it's not always comfortable sleeping. Mm. So I haven't pushed myself physically, but I've got to stick, got to stick to that. Okay. Okay. <sighs> and this uh, week, have you, wait, have mm, you, yes. have you literally gotten back on the horse? <laughs> No, I I wasn't able to attend my lesson last week. And then this week, I was going to not ride, but I was going to actually text my instructor and see if we could like work on some horsemanship stuff, because that's also part of what I'm learning. Mm. Um, I really, I've never learned how to lunge, like uh, lunge a horse. Am I saying that right? Um, yeah, I've never ne- learned how to lunge. So I want to learn how to lunge a horse. That's basically where you like the horse moves around you in a circular motion on like a long lunge line. Okay. You're kind of like exercising and training them. I've never learned how to do that. I've always wanted to. So in the weeds or in the hay. (laughs) Hey. Hey. (laughs) Uh, But that's where I'm at in terms of my groin and taking it easy. And this week, you know, I really want to put up a like gone fishing sign on my Instagram. Mm. And I need to do that. And I need to also like settle my guilty feelings about getting off Instagram because I put a lot of pressure on myself to be on there for professional reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, I want to obviously be on there as we are like making big podcast announcements, but I also need to take a little vacation from I think all social media for my own mental health per usual look we've heard this one before but um I'm I'm trying to figure out how best to do that okay well Kate last week I was talking about Henry's dance recital and I have to admit full disclosure that he did not want to go no okay and I was not super chill about it oh Okay, because you said you were going to try to be. I know, and I wasn't. That's okay. But he did go, he did perform, and he loved it. And I saw the video. Saw the video? And he, like, wanted to do the dance again at home. He wanted to watch the video. And so that was, like, also kind of a good lesson for me because, like, as a parent, you just sometimes don't know. It's like, 
do I force my child to do this thing that like, I think actually deep down he really wants to do, but like, or do I just let him like bail from everything or, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I, I do. Don't know. <laughs> I do know what you mean. And there's no right or wrong answer. And every decision is its own thing. And it feels really hard and heavy. And like, no matter what you decide, it's not right. Yeah. And I think, you know, at one point I like left him in the back hallway with his class and his teachers as, you know, as they were getting ready to go on stage. And I went into the audience and sat down and I was like, he may or may not come out. Like, I don't know, but I've now like relinquished this, relinquished control of this to the teacher. Yeah. So I did feel like that was my final sort of like, because at that point, at the point where I left him, he was not fully in his costume yet. He was refusing to get into it. And so I was just sort of like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> this is where I'm going to remove myself from the situation. Yeah. Walk away. Walk away. Um, well, he did a fantastic job. He did a I fantastic was, job. He was super cute and he's like really proud of himself. So that was really oh, sweet good. to see. <sighs> this week is Father's Day and I haven't like planned anything. So I'm sort of like, oh, so my intention is to figure something out. <laughs> and like, I was, I don't know. I think I'm going to make a photo book at like Walgreens because they can turn it around in like an hour. <laughs> they sure can. So, they can still print photos too. So that is my, um, that is my intent. I love it. Happy Father's Day to all those who celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Also, shout out to all of you who have a hard time on this holiday. Totally. We see you. We do see you. Um, all right, Kate, let's remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and you, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partners, ACAST. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. We are grateful for you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. <laughs>